This conference um, will now be recorded. I'll go first. Ben Ponzio out of Chicago. Um, you know, just exploring the idea for something in the Chicagoland suburbs. Yeah, I'll follow you there, Ben. If I'm if I'm not walking anybody, I'm I'm Brandon Rao. I'm in Middle Tennessee, uh, and I am looking at the the Chattanooga market excitedly um and uh kind of a diverse background and primarily in operations uh several industries hospitality uh car wash for several years um, business to business cleaning and sanitation with eco lab and in another life i was uh was an english teacher but that's that's me wow um bob Good afternoon, everybody, or I should late afternoon, sort of say. I'm Bob Sicato from uh, Sacramento, but I'm looking at Oakland and part of Sacramento. Um, and I'm in the financial industries, um, uh, owner operator, and a lot of different things from commercial to investments to retail banking, and uh, have a background in entrepreneurial services with my father. So that's me. Pleasure to meet you all. You as well, Bob. And Ben and Brandon. So I can give you the reader's digest version, condensed version of my story with Citywide. Um, about three and a half years ago, I was downsized. I had been approached a number of times over the years about franchising and getting into some type of entrepreneurial um, venture. The timing was not right at that time. The timing was so I was presented a lot of different opportunities and models. And the one that I kept circling back to was citywide. Um, I had the opportunity to go to Kansas City and they interviewed me and I interviewed them. I went to several franchise locations throughout the southeast and met with franchises. Uh, and then also talked to a number of them on the phone and settled that this was the opportunity. Um, two big reasons. Um, the first is it's just an activity-based business. The more phone calls you make, the more doors you knock on, the more emails you send, the more opportunities you get to survey someone's building, provide them a quote, get the win, and start building your business. I said, I said two is really three. The thing about the revenue, number two is the revenue is a continual stream. So when you are, when you're cleaning a car dealership six nights a week for five grand, that's five grand January and then February and then March. So I'm not making a widget, selling a widget, making a widget, selling a widget and trying to find another customer for every widget. It's, uh, continual income stream, you stack a number of chips on top of each other and you've got a good book of business. Um, the third thing, and you may have been presented with this already, and it's more touchy feely rather than just business related. And that is the metaphor that we use of the ripple. So if you take a pebble and you throw it into a pond, it makes concentric circles. It makes ripples. Um, we all make our own ripples. You know, how do you affect the people around you? And, and that's the metaphor we use in citywide in that the way we do business is always going to be above board, fair dealings, 
And as those circles are concentric, and as we prosper, our contractors, which is our labor force, our vendors for equipment, our vendors for chemicals, our vendors for supplies, our clients, the people we come in contact with in the community, grow with us so that we all equitably, equitably share in the success of each other. And your ICs, the people that do the cleaning, the pressure washing, the floor work, uh, they're typically small to medium-sized family-owned businesses, unsophisticated, but they do what they do really well. But they may not be able to manage whole buildings. They don't, they're not capable of, of the citywide model per se. Um, but to help them grow their business, help them go from being a player coach. So they are cleaning while they're also trying to manage family members to do their job. And they start adding buildings and adding square feet. We train and help teach them how to go from being a player coach to being a coach and general manager. Now they're hiring. Now, you know, they are adding buildings. They go from a three-figure check every month to a five-figure check every month. You know, we've got contractors that are $20,000, $25,000 a month that we pay them for doing their, their janitorial work. Now they have their own ripple. Now they're affecting their own employees and their own sphere of influence. So those are the three biggest reasons. Now we're in business to make money. The more successful we are, the more generous we can be and whatever that looks like to you. Um, again, it's not a sophisticated, hard business uh, in that we clean. We don't need a patent. We don't need a particular widget. There's not a raw material, you know, supply chain issues. As long as you had a mop and some hot water, I mean, you can get the job done. We're an essential industry. We did not miss a beat during COVID. In fact, we expanded across the board because our services were in such demand, even with shrinking square footage because there was so much work from home. So that's kind of me. You know, I came out of industry. I was in international sales. I had the opportunity to get into this when I was downsized and I would do it again. Uh, three years in, a little less than three years in. That's the biggest selling point. The biggest I can make is that I would do it again. I had the opportunity. I've been approached a couple of times about selling my business. And this was option 1A with a bullet. If I had enough money to retire, I wouldn't have started citywide. So if somebody bought it, I'd have to do something. And I didn't have an option B that was as attractive as citywide. I'll do it again. Question and answer time. Yeah, uh, th thanks for that story, Ben. A appreciate all, all of that. Um, could you speak, you know, you, you obviously success, successful history in, in sales. Um, can you sort of talk about how you came out of the gates and structured accordingly? I, I would be probably coming really from the other side, I, I think, you know, I would be looking to hire uh, expertise in in sales. I have, you know, some ability there, um, but I've never been in sales professionally. Can you talk about how you sort of complemented your own skill set in startup uh, with operational or, or were you kind of everything to begin with? 
So I have had a sales and customer service background in my career, although I did start in manufacturing. So from an operation standpoint, I got a little hands dirty and understand that side of it. But thinking that I knew sales, I hired an ops guy out of the public school system. Um, he knew all the chemicals. He knew all the equipment. He knew how to do, you know, how to manage janitorial people. Um, he was at the school district level over janitorial of about 17 different elementary, middle and high schools. So this guy was he was yin to my yang as far as the, he had the operation side. Um, the citywide model is to hire your salesperson first. And if I had to do it over again, I would do that because they pay for themselves quicker. How do you uh, get up and running? Great question. So the first question I would ask um, Savannah or David is, what are the NBD opportunities in your territory? National business development. So Citywide has sales guys that look for opportunities coast to coast that would benefit all franchises like CSX Railroad or coast to coast and all those train depots need to be clean or FedEx or UPS, pick, pick, a, pick a company. And that is, those are sales and accounts that you should inherit day one. And if that's $5,000, great. If it's $50,000, phenomenal because those are going to be test cases for you to learn and practice the citywide model that also goes a long way to paying overhead um, and salaries and everything else if you know so nbd in the beginning is a is a very large asset so ask that question because again that helps set a base um and then you know we have in within MBD top-down accounts where you're supposed to just walk in and say, "Hey, I'm citywide and take over." We also have preferred vendor accounts where we go in and unless they're in love with who they have, they'll switch to you because we've already negotiated terms and pricing and scope of work and chemicals and all of that. So it's fairly you know easy to go in. Now the margins are not maybe as good as when you sell yourself, but they're still pretty good. So um, the citywide model will tell you that you need a sales, you'd like a salesperson with one to two years of business to business sales experience. Um, you just need somebody hungry. You need a kid right out of college who bought a fancy car and he's got to pay for it. You need somebody that's got three babies at home and they got to buy groceries. I mean, you got, you need to find somebody who's not afraid to dial for dollars because in the beginning, that's a lot of what it is, is sending emails and pounding the phone to find opportunities to win. Um, once you get in and are able to make a quote, we have a high closing percentage. Our model and our professionalism wins, even if our price is higher reasonably to our competition. I don't know whether you got Thank any you. of that. Yeah, what, got, um, got all of that great answer. Thanks. You're welcome. Ben, in starting out, um, I, I think you've been there three years. Is that right? 
Sorry, you froze up for a sec. Did you say you've been there three years? Yeah, I'm gonna close my um, Yeah, I've had this franchise um, right at three, a, a month or two shy, but yeah, right at three years. Okay, are you at profitability yet or how long did it take you? And you know, what is kind of the pace of that for you, for your business? Um, so yes, I, I am at break even, but I, I am in the black, but I want to hover just in the black. So, because I want to, want to plow profits back into the business. The only way you're going to grow was by adding salespeople and adding your operations guys. Um, I still wear a lot of hats and do a lot of the back office stuff myself. Um, which is just what I'm willing to do to, to, you know, to be able to have the cash to put back in. The model tells you that you, you should break even after about 15 months. It took me longer because I started uh, in September and COVID was six months later. I started September of 19 and COVID hit in March. And, um, you know, it just, just an, another variable, you know, another, another difficulty to have to hurt, you know, to have to work through, but we worked through it. Um, so it took me probably closer to two years, um, but that's okay. And, and right now I, pl I plow everything back in. Pay yourself. Don't work for free. Pay yourself, but pay yourself. You know what you need, not what you want. You'll get what you want later on. This is this is Bob. I have a question. First of all, congratulations. Yep. That sounds um, that sounds like a similar story that I've I've been up against and heard. And um, it it sounds like you already had the sales background. You need you complimented yourself with someone with more of the operations background. When you when you start taking people on, um, did you have a fixed salary for them? Did you have benefit package? Uh, Tell me more about how did you recruit them and bring them on? Yeah. So I, I have a, a comfortable base. Uh, the base for sales is a little higher than operations. And then they have an uncapped, unlimited commission structure. And they can, a salesperson can make six figures you know, within a year or two uh and then they can make you know multiples of that if they really hustle um and there's a commission structure that i use which is just a slight modification of the one that i got from citywide so based on how much they sell per month they earn a certain commission that commission is paid out over six months. So it takes them six months to build up their pipeline of commissions, but um, it's paid out over six months. So you're not making that chunk all at one time for the commissions that they, that they earn. Um, I don't offer benefits. Uh, you know, I either hire them young and they're still on their parents till age 26, or they are still on their spouses. I just said, listen, I'm a startup. I can't afford to offer those right now. Um, I, you know, take it into the base, take it into what the possibility is. 
Now, if you're married to a school teacher, she's going to have phenomenal business benefits, or if you're a nurse or whatever it happens to be. So, um, you know, the benefits that I could offer price wise are going to be extremely high because I don't have the buying power, except that we have a new program within all of Citywide Collective where we now can offer competitive um, health benefits. And that's something that I will introduce fourth quarter this year. But in the beginning, I just said, sorry, I, you know, I, it's a, you know, it's a selling point against you. Um, some people don't need it though. Then you got to find those people. Thank you. That makes sense. Yeah. Ben, yeah, go ahead, Savannah. Oh, sorry. I was gonna, I was gonna just say, ask a question while um, they might be thinking of some other ones. But I just wanted maybe to ask you, what, why do you think this model might be a unique opportunity for the candidates that are looking at it? So I'd always work for somebody else, and have. Uh, an investments professor in college who said some people like to eat well and some people like to sleep well as far as risk and return you want to eat well you might not sleep you want to sleep well you might not have as much risk and therefore as much return and you got to figure out where you are and where your client is in between and the entrepreneur takes on all the risk um but i was willing to bet on myself that i could do it there were 56 franchises when I came in, and there's a picture of every one of them on the wall. And I looked up on that wall and said, there's no way in hell I'm not as good as 28 of them. I mean, I bet I'm at least at the 50th percentile. And if, if 28 of them can do it, I can do it. If 56 of them can do it, the playbook must work. And so it's safe in that you got the playbook. They're going to give you the citywide model um, and say, if you do it like this, you can make money. You have to put in the sweat equity. And I was willing to do that. Um, I'm in Columbia, South Carolina. This is nearly home for me. I went to school here. I grew up maybe 40 minutes down the road. So the people here talk like I do. And, you know, it's not, you know, this is home. Um, is that an advantage? Maybe, maybe not, but why is it a unique opportunity? Because the, the playbook is there, the guidebook is there. You have to provide, yes, the capital in the beginning to get in to get into business with Citywide, and then until you're break even, but this isn't complicated. It's just an activity-based business, and the harder you work, uh, the luckier you seem to get, you know. Is that a good enough answer, Savannah? That's great. Thank you so much. Okay. So, Brandon, I lived in Chattanooga for about a year and a half. I'm, um, I'm assuming you're going to be Chattanooga, Signal Mountain, Lookout Mountain, Ottawa, maybe even down to Dalton, Georgia, or are you going to stay in Tennessee? Yeah, I, I'm. I'm assuming that it's that northern northern part of Georgia as as well and haven't gotten to the point at which uh, a boundary is truly defined but um certainly that's a logical 
uh, layout there is a greater metro area. And, and that's my assumption. I currently live in Nashville um, and I grew up in Memphis and I've lived in Texas and North Carolina and spent some time out of the country. But I am, uh, you know, as you say about Columbia, South Carolina, these people, you know, talk like I do. Um, and my my family's very rooted in in Tennessee. So Chattanooga will be a new market and a new place for us. And I'm learning it, but we're uh, we're making that effort now in advance to to get down there and um, make some connections and and uh, start to learn the the lay of the land a little bit. That's great. Well, we we clean anything. We'll do just about anything. And that's part of the citywide models that we offer 20 something services. And so in the commercial world, that's a medical practice, that's a private school, a nursery, a daycare, manufacturing, distribution. I mean, anything that needs cleaning, we'll clean it. And we have found lots of traction. Ben and Bob in the Oakland, Sacramento area, Chicago, I don't know those areas as well, but we have found a lot of traction in, in manufacturing where the, in the manufacturing area, they just need the manufacturing bathrooms and break rooms cleaned and the front offices clean. Live, we found a lot of traction there and a lot of opportunities there is because of the labor market. They hire a janitor, a day porter, someone to clean during the day and they're worth their salt, then they're gonna move them into a production role within that company immediately. Um, they're having a very hard time hiring people. So that they, you know, the old idea of managing janitorial in-house is going the way of outsourcing very quickly. Our competition, the old model of janitorial is an army of people and buckets and mops and a fleet of vans and you go out and you clean. But in today's market to find people who are willing to, to work second shift because typically we're cleaning, you know, I can't run a vacuum cleaner while you're on the phone during the day. So we're cleaning from 6 p.m. to 2 a.m., something like that. But find somebody willing to work second shift doing janitor's work, which is not glamorous, for janitor's pay, which is not tremendous. It doesn't wear an ankle monitor. That's a shrinking pool of people. So it's, it's becoming more difficult for our competitors. It's an HR nightmare for them with a lot of turnover to hire people to come in and do the work. Because we use independent contractors, small to medium-sized family-owned businesses, it's hard to tell mama, I'm not going to work tonight. Hard to tell Uncle John, yeah, I'm not going to work tonight. Because again, these are small to medium-sized family-owned businesses where the, everybody has skin in the game. So that's been a real advantage for us to maintain a more consistent high level of performance because we have consistent crews in the buildings. We don't experience the high turnover. Um, and that's across the board over every industry, not just manufacturing, but we've, we have certainly found traction in manufacturing because they, they're having difficulty finding workers just to work in the plants. So they're willing to outsource the cleaning to us. Hey, Ben, um, I've heard a couple of things that I just want 
to and, and and I just bear with me on the question. You talk about no. you talked about, about three, uh, three years ago. I sat where you sat, or three. <laughs> years ago. So I get. I'm still. I still wear the welts and the scars. <laughs> I remember. I, I appreciate that. And that kind of uh, so you know where I'm coming from. Oh, so yeah. you talked about putting in the work. You put about the sweat, the equity, follow the model. Talk about hiring the right people and making um, you know dialing and and doing all those things. Yep. Um, really important. Don't don't get me wrong. But besides that, which is um, to a salesperson that I have the background, very obvious. What other advice could you give me or give us that says? In addition to that, here's a, a nugget. Um, don't underestimate the amount of cash you're going to need. The analogy that, that was given to me was you're going to need three buckets. You're going to need a bucket of cash to buy into the citywide system. And that's a calculable, that's a number that you get, that you're given. You're going to need a bucket of money to pay your personal bills. And then you're and what and that's personal. So whatever that needs to be, and then you're going to need a bucket of money to pay the citywide bills uh, until you are break even. Um, be very realistic. I wouldn't say pessimistic, but I wouldn't be overly optimistic because um, you know cash is king. So and and running tight which i have done uh, or did not so much now is a huge stressor um so that's the nugget that i would say don't underestimate what it's going to take reserves wise to and i lived in a you know my office is on a in it is in the bad side of town i have i paid cheap rent you know i mean look for ways to cut costs we're not glamorous you know our our contractors come to see us but we're not retail we don't need fancy you know but that's just me i mean that's just my own nugget of advice um i would also say one of my larger anxiety points and one of the one of the reasons why i hired an ops guy rather than a salesperson first was i was was hesitant about how to get the work done. Who was going to be representing me and citywide in the marketplace doing the work when I knew nothing about I clean the bathrooms at home, but I didn't know anything about commercial janitorial or equipment, chemicals, all this stuff. Citywide has a, uh, a nationwide network of vendors. Now that we are 70 plus locations, we've got some traction with the big chemical and equipment manufacturers and that's local sales rep cannot wait for you to get started and he or she will be delighted to come in and teach you everything you need to know go out on the job with you show you teach you um how does this work how does that work what do you need to do what do you need to know citywide has a, has a lot of those resources in-house and you get a drink of water from a fire hose in a two-week onboarding period, but then you're going back to Chicago 
Uh, what in the world did he say when I was there? You know, call your local rep. He will come. She or she will come in and they would be delighted. So from the operations standpoint, it wasn't as scary as I had imagined it. I say scary. Um, it wasn't as difficult to yep. learn and, and, and get into. Thank you. That, that was, sure. Those were good. Ben, out of curiosity, um, you know, day day one after the training and all that, and then let's call it month 12, and then let's call it today, how do you spend your average day? How did you spend it that first month? How do you, did you spend it after a year, and how do you spend your average day now? Great question. Um, day one, I was on a Kool-Aid high, and didn't know what I was in for. Um, but I spent more time working in the business than on the business. Um, I, you know, I was wearing all 12 or 14 hats or whatever it was that you need to run the business, um, trying to sell and trying to, you know, help on the operations side. So I spent a lot of time um during the day trying to sell and at night after hours doing the accounting and the bookkeeping and the filing and the emails and everything else month 12 um by that time i had an ops person and a salesperson and me we were still only three and i was still in the field at least 50 percent in the office 50 percent um still putting in easy 10 12 hour days um two years into it maybe a little less you know that was that was covid it was a crazy time um we had a lot of so there was a lot of less lot less square footage to clean but there was a huge demand for electrostatic disinfection which is a fancy way for spraying for covid or wiping down high touch point COVID abatement. We did so much of that and we could charge a pretty good margin that I was doing that. I wouldn't say day and night, but day and evening, you know, as much as someone needed, we were doing it um, to make up for the fact that we had less footage to clean and there was less opportunity to sell it because it was just empty. Um, now I'm starting to spend more time working on the business been in the business in the beginning i had both hands on oars rowing like hell and steering the rudder with my knee you know now i can sit in the bow of the boat and maybe look around and grab the oar every once in a while if i don't feel like we're going fast enough but uh you know i i work more on the business although i still work a good deal in the business half the day every day in the business at least so now I'm up to two salespeople and two what we call FSMs, Facility Solutions Managers, Ops guys. Partly the analogy that, that we use is the salesperson is a hunter. They're selling janitorial services and then handing over to operations and moving on. They are a hunter, hunter, hunter. The ops guy is a farmer. It's a whole lot easier to get more corn out of a field that you've already plowed rather than cutting trees burning stumps and plowing hard dirt um 
So the the ops guy is the one who work um, worries about revenue retention through customer service, but he or she is also looking for all of the extras, the stripping wax of the floor, the cleaning of the windows, the supplies, the parking lot, everything else. So they are part farmer by um, maintaining what you've already got, but they're trying to increase the yield as well. So now with two and two of each, um, and maximum in this territory would probably be three of each at some point. Um, I can spend more time worrying about growing the business and other opportunities for revenue streams rather than just paying the bills. I've got another question for you. Yes, Can you talk about sourcing relationships with contractors and kind of maybe give them some pointers on how you go about that? Yeah, great question. So we use uh, Craigslist. We'll put an ads in Craigslist and we pay the, on the general board, it's like $3. On the specialist board, it's like $25. But we make sure that it doesn't say I'm looking for a janitor. I'm looking for janitorial providers or window washers or power washers or painters or whatever it happens to be. Um, word of mouth. So, and, and well, again, independent contractor, we call IC. We, you know, every industry and every company's got their own vendor. So um, our ICs can only handle so much. You only put so many stones in a wagon, um, but they haven't, a friend from church or they have an aunt they know people and so word of mouth we have not had a shortage of ICs when we need them we can find them we put the word out um, because we've grown at a clip that when they come and sign up with us we can give them work pretty quickly um, our margins are fair we treat them and there's a the ripple is real and I feel a certain paternalistic goodness in helping these folks who are again not so sophisticated neither am I but not so sophisticated helping them grow their business from where they used to clean houses and get paid cash under the table to now they're commercial they've got their own branding their own t-shirts they've wrapped their vehicles in their own logo They've got their own ripple. And uh, if you think it doesn't go a long way to engender loyalty, to help someone increase their standard of living, their quality of life, not only for themselves, but for their family, um, it goes a very long way. So the loyalty factor is through the roof. And we do that from fair dealing. So the sourcing of ICs, um, you'll go through some bad ones. You know, when we tell them, look, you get one strike less than we get. We put them in an account. That account belongs to Citywide, not ABC Cleaning Company. If we strike out, we both strike out. If we lose, if Citywide loses, they lose it too. 
So before we go down, I'll take them out, put somebody else in if I have to. And they know that all of that fair dealing, fair talk, honest dealing up front. They know it. So Craigslist is a great place. Um, if you can dip into the Hispanic community, um, even better because they have a huge network. Um, of course, we run background checks on everybody to make sure that they don't have criminal history, criminal sexual history, which is pretty yucky. But we do churches and schools and daycare and medical. So you need to know who you're putting in there um, and then legal to work. We only do business with LLCs, not sole proprietors. So they have to have a little bit of business knowledge. But if they don't, then provide for them a roadmap. Say you go to this office and, and here's the form you need to form an LLC. This is the website to, to pick out your company name and get an EIN. Here's where you go to get your general liability insurance. You know, if we make it, we spoon feed them because again, they can do what they know how to do very well. They just may not be sophisticated enough to form their own company and know where to get insurance. Um, more gets out and, and we have a bullpen of independent contractors wanting to work with us. Thank you so much. That's very helpful to understand. That that is a, a big help, Ben. Thank you. And if there's anything else, kind of uh, you know, it's kind of get getting into the logistical side of of, of hiring and vetting. Um, can you can you talk a little bit, maybe about the a little bit more, maybe about the sourcing and 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 vetting process and and what has what has worked for you um so looking on craigslist listing under janitorial providers word of mouth um are there are there certain qualities characteristics that you're looking for in the uh, independent contractors that have been most consistently successful for you yeah i mean if they've got a website if they look like they've got some references you know and they're reputable um i mean obviously that goes a long way you want them to have their own business so that all of their apples are not in you know citywide basket um but you have to remember that the the contractors are cleaning at night so it's hard for them to clean at night and sell during the day so that we are selling during the day and bring them we bring them pretty good revenue stream and they don't have to do anything but clean show up clean and leave we do all everything else for them um that's a good model for them um you can put you can put, you know, put ads on the radio uh, especially if it's uh the latin radio stations uh you know bilingual if you have some bilingual capability uh, in your office when you're vetting people, whether that's outsourced or whether you have it yourself, that goes a long way. Um, you know, the fee structure is that they don't pay us anything until we're paying them, meaning any of their orientation fees, any of their performance deposits don't come, don't get paid to citywide until they're getting their first paychecks from citywide that is a huge difference than folks that are out there 
like a Jana King or a Jan Pro or some of these other folks that want tons of money up front um, to sell them a book of business. Um, that's a, you know, that's a selling point that, um, ask around. I mean, when you go into a car dealership and it looks like hell, then you're like, yep, this is the one I'm going to sell. You go in one and it looks phenomenal. You ask them, who does your janitorial? You go into a doctor's office and it looks like, and it looks dirty and just dingy, like you don't want to open your mouth in the dentist office. You're like, yeesh. Then you come back and sell them. But if it looks phenomenal, ask the office manager, who does your janitorial? This place looks really clean, looks awesome. And she'll say, oh, that's ABC Cleaning. This, guess what? Then you call ABC Cleaning and say, hey, I'd like to put you to work. You do great work. I mean, not all of our competitors stink. Some do, and that's how we have opportunities. But not all, not all of our competitors stink and put them to work. Thank you. And with yeah. that, Ben, when you're when you're out talking to these businesses, do you do you have kind of a standard? These are our rates, or like based on square footage or something, or is a lot of it subjective? Are you figuring out what they're paying and using that to model your pricing? How do you how do you structure that? Yeah, Ben, that's a great question. So um, we use a model that you can plug in square footage, type of flooring, because carpet, you vacuum, that's a single pass. Hard surface, you have to sweep, then wet mop, that's double pass. So it takes not twice as much time, but it, you know, how many bathrooms, how many fixtures. So there's a formula that you plug in the data when you do the building survey and you're walking around with a little nerd laser, you know, getting square footages and all that kind of stuff. You're, you know, you're all that then you can put it in and put it in a spreadsheet and it spits out for you what based on your loaded rate. Now my, my loaded rate is $22 an hour is what I factor into my cost. Chicago is a lot more than that. Chattanooga would be similar. Uh, I, you know, Oakland, Sacramento and Citywide can help you understand what those loaded rates are. Yes, you get you get to where you can walk in the building and look around and say, okay, it's going to take so many hours a night, five nights a week, that's going to be X. But you don't ever want to just spit a number out. You know, we, um, based on the type of building, you have a scope of work. You clean to the client's expectation, but you, then you also clean to their budget. So a doctor's office is clean, but it has to stay clean. I mean, clean. So what does that take? Five nights a week. If you go into a manufacturer, his expectations are a lot less. If his expectations are he wants it as clean as a doctor's office, yeah, we can do it. This is going to take a lot of time and effort and, and chemicals and equipment. And he's going to have to pay for it. And he's going to say, whoa, 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 my budget is X. Well, then lower your expectations. So um, we can help you. Citywide can definitely teach you how to estimate, 
how to factor in cost. And we're never going to be the cheapest. We're never going to be the lowest price, but we're rarely the most expensive. You have to sell it on value because others don't use our model of having the FSM check behind on a weekly or bi-weekly basis and see how we're doing. So yeah, the, co the cost matrix and the pricing matrix is something that you'll be taught and it works. We've got a few more minutes with Ben if anybody has any last minute questions for him. Yeah, and listen, when we hang up the phone, you're gonna think of 17 more. You can get my information from Savannah or David and reach out to me directly uh, again. The citywide system, you're going to find that we, that as a, as the franchisees, we don't, we don't compete with each other. Yeah, we rank and we look at each other's dollars, and we want to outdo the guy in the territory next to you. But we also believe that a rising tide lifts all the boats in the harbor. We share openly success if with a certain type of client or a certain company or a new chemical or a new equipment we want everybody to succeed because it helps the whole the whole system and we also steal shamelessly if someone else has done something great we'll notice it and go say how'd you do it you know so i want you guys to be as informed when you're making this decision and of course once you join be as successful as you can be so if you have questions when you, we walk away uh david and savannah can give you my information feel free to contact now, Ben, it's David Braun. I have a I have a question for you. Hey, David. Um, now, now you're still you're still on the grind, working your working your way out of it. Now, talk to me. Talk to the team here about you know how franchisees are performing um, once they get to that five year mark or greater. I mean, I know I know you know how some of the other franchisees are performing. I mean, what kind of, you know, how well are they doing as they start to scale up to the 5 million and 6 million and the numbers beyond that? Because I know you know those numbers as well. Why don't you share those um, with the team? Because I know I know you did your homework. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm coming out of the grind, but it's a grind. I mean, you go to bed sleeping out about citywide. I mean, you go to. You go to sleep thinking about citywide, you wake up thinking about citywide. I mean, it's again, eat well, sleep well. And, um, but it's temporary. If you, if, if you keep working hard day after day, it gets a little easier, a little easier, a little easier. And then once you get to a sales mark, you know, David mentioned 5 million at 5 million, you're paying yourself a right nice salary. Uh, if you are watching your costs and everything else, you probably have about 10% net to owner after that. Um, you know, you're not working nearly as hard. And now you can look at other opportunity, you know, other revenue streams, other opportunities. What can we do to, to gain and, and add? Um, again, I go back to being you know, player coach. Now you're definitely coaching GM. Um, yeah, I mean, the $5 million mark should be year 
five, year six. I mean, I'll be two million at the end of my third full year. I mean, I'll be a two million dollar business at the end of this year. Um, not shabby. Um, and then we'll add, um, you know, then it's like a snowball going downhill. You'll start picking up more and more and more. Um, you know, the goal is to, you know, you'll hear the goal being 10 million in 10 years. Um, I think that's a little, I think that's a little low. Um, not just because inflation and money's, you know, prices are going up, so you should be able to hit 10 million easier. Um, but the opportunity is there. And you guys coming in now have it easier than I did. And I had it a hell of a lot easier than the guys who were the first franchises because they didn't have all this back office support, social media and marketing and IT and all of these systems. They were spending a lot of time and effort and money just on running the business. And now we have so much support out of Kansas City help you grow. NBD is a heck of a lot bigger than it used to be. And that's that's house money. I mean, now you're playing with house money and someone went out and sold it for you and basically said, hey, check and see how many Dollar Generals you got in your territory. We're going to start cleaning every one of them. Now, that's an exaggeration. We don't clean Dollar Generals, but okay, as an example. So, Five million in five years. Um, yeah, that should be that should be that's plausible. Uh, more than ten million in ten years is very doable. Um, I'll do it again. That's the big that you know that's that's always the biggest reference point that I can say is I took everything I had and bet on myself. And I'm winning, and I do it again. And if I can do it. Uh, I'm number seventy. Y'all can do it. I mean, if I can do it, you can do it. Amazing. Thank you so much, Ben. I really, really appreciate you and all of the things that you have said today to help everybody have a better understanding. Yeah, sure. I'm. I love it, you know, so it's uh, it's fun, it's hard, um, you know, it gets easier. Sure. <laughs> and guys, again, if you need something, don't hesitate to uh, to reach back out to me. And I wish you all the success in the world in your evaluation. And um, if you decide to join the family, I'll be your biggest cheerleader. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Ben. Appreciate right, it. Thank you. Have a good rest of your guys' day. All right. Thanks, Thanks, Bye. Bye.